Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Happy Monday to everybody. We've got an absolute monster. You know the hottest team in the NFL is. It's the Miami football Dolphins. Not that there's any other kind of Miami Dolphins. Well, I guess the ones that swim in the ground. But we've got Amando Sagara to talk about it at 1030. You know what else we got? We got an unbelievable day in Tennessee. Think about this. Middle Tennessee goes to the U. And I got to tell you. I don't know why. I like people from the U. I like Allison Williams. I like the Bear, but I like when the U gets their brains beat out. So in Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State University, basically the uh, Malibu of Nashville, goes down and beats the Miami Hurricanes. The Tennessee Volunteers host the Florida Gators, who have had their number 17 out of 18 times, and they win, and of course the Titans got it done in the end with a nice stop against the Raiders. The Raiders. And you know what? We have got our friend Chad Withrow to join us to talk about all things Tennessee. Let's go through it. AFC South, the worst. Oh my God, they're horrendous. What are we doing? You stinks. You can't play dead. Can't play dead. Nuh-uh. Nothing. Got nothing for us. You know what I mean? Simply nothing. And you know what? The AFC South went 3-0. That's right. I said it, ladies and gentlemen. Three de nada against the vaunted AFC West yesterday. Now, is that unbelievable? No, seriously. Is that unbelievable? I mean, last week for dead. Jokes were being made. Couldn't even get a win, even though two teams played against themselves. What happened, you asked? I'll tell you what happened, you asked. The Colts decided to sack the living you-know-what up. And they beat the Chiefs the old-fashioned way. I'll get into that. The Raiders were actually favored at the Titans. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I saw that. I bet that one big. That saved my weekend. I was not good this weekend, but that one saved my weekend, and the Titans got it done with a stop in the end zone. And then, of course, well, I don't know. You tell me. You tell me what's going on around here, but is Jacksonville really good? I think Jacksonville might be really good, 38-10. to 10. Now, I understand everybody's going to tell me Justin Herbert, well, not good. Justin Herbert hurt. Justin Herbert got a shot from the same doctor that punched Tyrod Taylor's lung last year, which gave Justin Herbert a start. I don't know. What I do know is this, ladies and gentlemen, what I do know is it was a glorious day of football, glorious weekend. Let's get right into it, shall we? Let's talk about the Colts. The Colts, uh, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Chiefs came in, and really, I felt like the Chiefs looked uninterested. I did. Both the Chiefs and the uh, Buffalo Bills lost. I felt like the Bills were trying. I felt like the Chiefs were uninterested. I really did. Like, very rarely do you watch a game and you're like, huh, that team thinks they're going to walk right into the great city of Indianapolis and the great state of Indiana and win. And I got to tell you, let's, let me walk you through it. A muff punt. Sky Moore, the rookie. Boom. What are you doing? Uh, a fake field goal. 
Ah, a downed punt at the one. A missed field goal. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I don't know where we're at today. I don't know if you can see the show yet today. I have no idea. But I do know this. We raise our hands in this great city of Indianapolis. We raise our hands and we say thank you. Thank you, Chris Jones. Chris Jones, you are our man. You are our guy. So here's what happened. Third down, man, drop back. Matt Ryan. Chris Jones converges. It's a sack. It's going to be fourth in a million. The game is over. And for whatever the reason, Chris Jones decided to talk a little yang to Matt Ryan. Kind of pushed him getting up. All right, refs let it go. They came together, and you know what happened? All of a sudden, shoop, flag, Chris Jones penalty, Colts first down. Next thing you know, Colts go, whoop, touchdown. Jelani Woods has two catches this year. Both were yesterday. You know what they both were? Touchdowns. They were. Well, Chris Jones, we say thank you because the tenor of the entire day here on 107.5, the fan at 93.5 would be that the Colts stink because they did stink in the game. The offensive line couldn't block. They couldn't run. They could do nothing. Zero, zip, nada, nothing. And then Chris Jones happened. And you know what? When you're not ready to play, it eventually comes and gets you. Now, I'll say this. Patrick Mahomes looked pedestrian. Patrick Mahomes, please. Patrick Mahomes looked like he was too cute, trying to be too cute, as opposed to trying to win football games. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a formula for disaster. There is nothing you should think about because you only have one a week other than winning a football game. And I thought Patrick Mahomes came in there and he tried to be cute. I think the Colts' defense was freaking fantastic. Ngakwe, even though he runs around, it worked out perfectly because he could chase down from the backside Patrick Mahomes. DeForest Buckner, Defoe. Everybody calls him Defoe. Yay! Defoe! Finally showed up. Defoe hadn't showed up in two years. Now he shows up. Yay, Rock, go fight, win. And then, of course, the Colts get an interception at the end of the game. And our toes are tapping here in Indy. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I've not seen a team play as lackadaisical, as uninterested, as bad a football as really both teams. But the defense of the Colts and the mistakes of the Chiefs led the day. I told you they were going to run Jonathan Taylor, but the offensive line for the Colts is so freaking bad, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can I mean, it's the highest paid line in football. And finally, thank goodness, Tony Romo actually felt like being honest. We finally got some honesty out of a NFL commentator when he said, this should be the strength. This is no good, this offensive front. But anyway, doesn't matter. Colts got the win. All right. I will continue that conversation because that's a conversation I liked having. I watched every play, and I'm very excited about the Colts getting a win. Uh, the Bills lose. The Bills lose, and it's one of the most remarkable. We had remarkable things on this day. Here's one of them. 90 plays to 39 plays. Now, when you coach any sport, you want the ball more than your opponent. You want more possessions than your opponent. So in basketball, you want less turnovers. Don't turn the ball over. Make them turn the ball over 15-plus times, and you've got a really good chance of winning the football basketball game. 
Makes sense? Think it does. Football, that can be a little deceiving because, well, you can go down the field, get a field goal, kick off. We run the kickback. We're up 7 nothing. We've ran one play. You've ran 10, but 90 to 39? Tua goes out, so everybody's going to whine because he fell down. Everybody's going to – NFLPA has to look at Tua. Okay, look at him. Get mad at the Miami Dolphins. Get mad at him for bringing back Tua. You know what? I don't care. I honestly don't care. Tua will be fine. He's going to be fine. He came back in. He played. He survived. I get it. We all got a CYA. Cover your – I understand that. Everybody understands that, okay? But the truth of the matter is, if you're Tua – uh-oh – Uh, somebody says that it is muted on our YouTube channel and fellas, I'm not getting any program here on my computer. People are saying it's muted. Don't be muting me, baby. Don't be muting double dizzle. Oh, that's me. I heard it. Not muted anymore. I'm not getting any program. Anyway, I don't care because Tua and the Dolphins whooped up. And I mean whooped up. They did at the end. Now, Now, I have a friend. His name is Todd Blinko. Todd got a little dose yesterday of the world's worst people. Well, not the world's worst people. Of what can be really bad people. And that is a Twitter mob when they come at you. Let me go through my friend Blinko's tweet. Dolphins, Bills, no Hyde, no Poyer, no White, no Jackson, no Phillips, no Oliver, limited Diggs, limited McKenzie, limited Knox, limited Davis, no Morse, no Brown, no Bates, no Van Rotten. Bills gave, uh, gave them a win playing with third and fourth stringers. If the Bills had their one and two, they'd start as they'd win by double digits. Hey, look, I don't know. What? I don't know. Maybe. But my man Blinko... My man Blinko decided that, well, he was going to step into that arena. So, of course, he's a friend of mine. We play golf. I'm like, ah, sounds like a bunch of whining. Well, it is a bunch of whining. But, ladies and gentlemen, probably the truth. And then I was listening to Rex Ryan this morning. And he was talking about the heat down in Miami. Man, oh, man, every guy I know in the NFL talks about that. Don't discount playing in Miami in September because your visitor's bench is here. And the sun beats on you here. The home bench is over here, and they're in the shade. It's the best home field advantage in the NFL. True that. It is. It's the best. So Miami gets the win. Maybe they won't get the win next time. But you know what? They got the win this time. So what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is simply this. Miami and Tua are continuing, continuing in my opinion, to get momentum to get confidence. Remember, this is a young team. This is not an old team. This is a young team, a coach that looks like he could beat you in chess and take your girlfriend. That's right. He could probably do both. That's a very rare combination, by the way. The guy that sits down and whoops you in chess and can steal your girlfriend is a very, very odd combination. Don't overestimate that. But anyway, so they both lose. Now, I don't think we can show the Dorsey. I don't think we can show Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, losing his mind, can we? No, just his press conference. I, I don't. 
Yeah, yeah, just show his press conference. Yeah, let's show Ken Dorsey lost his mind, and here's what he had to say at his press conference. This is good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, uh, uh, I'd like to think I'm not too much of a psychopath. We all would like to think that we're not too much of a psychopath, but Ken Dorsey, you've seen the video, absolutely went crazy, and I love everything about it. I do. I think it's great. I, I, look, to me, things like that are just wonderful. Things like that are when coaches get mad and they start throwing things around, what's better than that? Seriously, I never minded a coach getting mad. I never minded a player getting mad. I wanted everybody to care as much as I did as the head coach. And that's what you saw. The boy lost his mind, and I am all for him. Uh, Dan, hint, the Dolphins are not in the AFC South. My bad, they're in the AFC East. What did I say? What did I do? I'll read your tweets. I'll, I will respond to you all on Twitter. That's for damn sure. That's what this show is. Let's make this show interactive. But I also got to tell you, okay, let's look at this. Jacksonville. We talked about Tua. Tua goes 13 or 13 to 18, 186 yards, 123 a quarterback rating. Fine. Let's talk about something else. I think Tua right now, let me back up a second. I've always said this about Tua. Tua is the guy that came off the bench at halftime of the national championship game in place of Jalen Hurts for Alabama. And led them to a win. Now, I got to tell you, I've always said this. That is some satchel. That is big-time sack. So I've always kind of believed in him. I'm not really going to tell you I'm the biggest follower of the Miami Dolphins. We all were in the 70s because they were great. But it's fun to watch this guy. And betting against a guy like him or against a guy like Jalen Hurts is just plain doom. It's just doom. Hey, Dan, why are you being so dumb? I don't know. I don't know. But I am. Don't bet against two. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I'm saying as we sit here right now, they're not as good probably as the Bills, but they beat the Bills. And when you beat the Bills, God bless you. That's right. You beat them. Worry about it the next time you play. Have a great day. Figure it out. Play the next game. And away we go. But I like watching two, and I like the fact that he is rolling. Speaking of rolling, you know, I turn on TV, I, I try to listen, and I try to see what all we have relative to the NFL. And you know what I haven't seen a whole lot of this morning? And maybe I've just missed it. It's possible. I mean, getting this ready for a show, come on. I mean, it's not the easiest thing in the world. But the fact of the matter is, I think, I think Jacksonville's story is number one legit and number two, very underplayed. Jacksonville, I don't know if you saw this, but they went, remember this, east to west, played the Chargers, and beat the living snot out of them. That's right. Beat the crap out of them. It was 38 to 10. And then here it goes. Well, you know, uh, Herbert was hurt. He played. I'm looking. Yes, he did play. Tell you what else is a great story. Trevor Lawrence. Are you kidding me? Trevor Lawrence, 28 of 39, 262, three touchdowns. Are you crazy? Why? Trevor Lawrence has national commercials even though his teams have stunk, even though he has not turned a tap in the NFL, which tells me that Trevor Lawrence has a Q rating. A Q rating is something that advertising agencies rate 
in, in terms of your impact, your influence. Let's call it influencer. All right, so Trevor Lawrence is a bit of an influencer. Yet no one's talking about him as a player. They should be. The dude's pretty good. Travis Etienne, I don't know, 75 yards between rushing and catching passes. The next Debo Samuel, Zay Jones, 10 catches. This is a good football team. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, it's becoming must-see TV, these guys. It is, and I told you, and you're not going to agree with this. In fact, you're going to think this is idiotic, but I'm ready for you. You won't understand this. It's called the Mike Davis rule. When Mike Davis took over for Bob Knight at Indiana, he had a couple years residual effect from Bob Knight's 28 years at Indiana, the discipline of the players, the organization, that type of thing. And when he had it, they went to the NCAA National Championship game in basketball at Indiana. When some Dan Dockage rule, when, when Louis Orr took over my Bowling Green team after I decided not to extend my contract, or they fired me, depending on whose press release you read, uh, I told the guy, I go, look, uh, I told the AD, you got a winner here. You're, you're going to win a championship here. Louis York comes in and says uh, publicly, oh, my God, it's a perfect program. Everybody goes to class. Everybody's on time. Everybody works hard. Blah, 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 blah. We just had two. He wins a championship two years. Two years after that, he's out because the Louis Orr effect took over. Well, right now, you're seeing the Urban Meyer effect. Urban was there just long enough to get a new building built, establish an uncomfortable discipline. Now here comes Doug Peterson and draft pretty well. You got Trevor Lawrence and you got Travis Etienne and a couple of others. So now all of a sudden Jacksonville's riding that. Yeah, they can talk about it all the time if they would like the maturity that Doug Peterson brings, and that's great. That's because people that are writers, people that are doing it, don't understand it. They don't understand. They'll never understand. Honest to God, it'll wear off, and we'll see whether Doug Peterson can get it done. I don't know. Maybe he can. But this is a great story. This is maybe the story of the NFL yet. Jacksonville makes plays. Look at this catch. Jacksonville has a legit quarterback. They've got legit weapons. You know James Robinson ran for 100 yards yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. So they got running backs. They got receivers. They overpaid for Christian Kirk. According to who? They overpaid for nothing. You know what they did? They got the guy they wanted, and he's made their team better, period. You think anybody cares in Jacksonville? that's searching for tickets to next week's game, whether they overpaid for Christian Kirk. Child, please. (laughs) Who cares? Overpaid. My backside. Speaking of my backside, you know I've said this, and I'm going to continue to say this, and I won't stop saying this. Bill Belichick needs to win a freaking game or two. Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, yeah? Yeah. Bill Belichick may be the poster child for players, not plays. I got an itch right there. I think something bit me. Bill Belichick might be the guy that everybody says, well, he's the greatest and you close your eyes. Or if you look into this, yeah, he was better at Cleveland than people are giving him credit for. Yeah, he won with Matt Castle, not Tom Brady one year. But what has he done since Tom Brady has been gone and he's outsmarted everybody with his we'll get rid of you one year in advance policies. Where has that gone, Sans Brady? It's gone in the toilet. That's right, I said it. French for toilet. Toilet, or is that bidet? I don't know. But I'm not mad at a bidet. I wouldn't mind a bidet. Give you a little cleaning. By the way, I got a story from this weekend's golf that I can't tell you that involves needing a bidet in the middle of the course, but I digress. 
check my backside. Look, I'm watching him play. Their team is fine. Mac Jones is good, except when he throws the ball up in the corner of the end zone, and next thing you know, it's an interception. But you better be better than that, ladies and gentlemen, when you're playing Lamar Jackson. The greatest throw of the weekend. I wish we could show it. Lamar Jackson off his back foot from about the 30 puts a dime in the end zone. Lamar Jackson is my man crush. I'm not going to lie to you. He is. You know I love me some Lamar Jackson. You know I have a weird, weird thing for Lamar Jackson. I think he's funny. I think he's smart. I think he's uber talented. I think he's the most difficult player in the NFL to stop. And there's a lot of players in the NFL that are tough to stop. But gimme, 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 gimme. Lamar Jackson. I'll take him today, tomorrow, the next day. What did he do? He whooped up on Belichick at Belichick, home opener. Belichick's under 500. Rex Ryan, I'm sure, is on your TV gloating. And I ain't mad about it. Shouldn't be. Brady and Rodgers, they both look old yesterday. Am I wrong about this? Rodgers got off to this great start. Yay, Rod, go fight, win. I, yeah, he was great. What do you want me to do? He's fantastic. 14 of 22, Brady, 31 of 42, 271. All right, yeah, Brady, 14 of, uh, 31 of 42, 271, 27 of 35, 255. Yeah, they're great. They're great. They're the best players in the history of the world. Uh, I'll give that to you, all right? Yay, Rod, go fight, win. But I'm telling you, when I watched them, they looked old. They looked old. I don't know. Did I tell you? Or I, and I'm not standing. I'm standing by this, but I'm not going to be right about this. Uh, I think I told you earlier that I didn't see the Buccaneers making the playoffs. Now, look, Jameis Winston keeps throwing the ball to the other team. If Jameis Winston would stop throwing the ball to the other team, the Buccaneers might not make the playoffs, and I would look like a freaking genius. But right now, the Buccaneers are two and one. Carolina stinks, Atlanta stinks, New Orleans stinks because Jameis Winston keeps throwing the ball to the other team. That was a lot of an NFL roundup right there. All right, let's talk real quick. Hey, fellas, Middle Tennessee crushes Miami. I don't know why. I don't. The U makes me crazy. The U's the most overrated football team since Luther Campbell started to stop cheating for them. Let's hear from Coach Rick Stockstill. Love this man. Coach, Middle Tennessee State, after the game. Let's hear from the coach, baby. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We're not hearing from him. I wanted this quote up there. It's always fun to do stuff that no one thinks you can do. Coming down here, 26-point dogs, kicking their butt like we did because it was a butt kicking. It was no fluke to this. And just really proud of our team. The toughness we played with, we were the tougher team here. We never flinched. And that's what I'm proud of. Knocking those suckers off. That's what I like. He had another thing where it was a video where he was talking about all his buddies from Florida digging on it. But I like this part. That's how coaches actually feel. Like that, that right there, we were tougher. We were more aggressive, blah, blah, and knocking those suckers off. Now, Stockstill, he played at Florida State, so there's no love loss between him and anybody in Tallahassee, or excuse me, anybody in Miami or anybody in Gainesville. And that's the way it's supposed to be, is it not? Yes, it is. That's the way it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be where we're proud to knock those suckers off and we ain't screwing around. 
I watched the Kansas State-Oklahoma game, and I got to tell you, for most of the game, if not all the game, Adrian Martinez looked like a freaking All-American. I lost a lot of money on it. I am not happy. And I got to tell you, the curse of Kansas State of Scott Frost or whoever's cursing those guys down there, it didn't matter if it was freaking Lincoln Riley or Brent Venables. For whatever the reason, this little guy Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn, holy cow. And Adrian Martinez, I swear to God, he looked like Dak Prescott. Here's why I say he looked like Dak Prescott. He was big. He was strong. He made a bunch of weird passes, and he wasn't afraid to go into the line. Dak Prescott in college is what this guy looked like. Ho, was he good. Ho! And Oklahoma never, ever, ever got a handle on him. Never. I'm watching that game. I'm live betting that game. Might have to door dash today. Might have to get in the car, deliver some food, make a little money, pay the family back. Not that much. But man, oh man, was that guy good. And did I give you a bad bet? Uh, IU, the road through the college football playoff, does not right now go through Bloomington. 38-10 to 10 was the score early. Now, Indiana made it a 14-point game at the end, 48-24, 48, I don't know, whatever the hell the score was. I don't even care. But Indiana made a game of it. Indiana gave it a shot. But Indiana can't beat Cincinnati. And I got to tell you. In my opinion, there's no reason Indiana isn't better than Cincinnati in football. There just isn't. Uh, I watched USC. My God, what an overrated group. But they were tough enough to win. Caleb Williams was horrendous. He's a quarterback, got all the hype, got all the money. Uh, Daddy's making him a star. Comes with Lincoln Riley. Sat behind that kid, uh, whatever his name is, over at US, uh, Southern, South Carolina. Drew Rattler or Shane Rattler beat him out at Oklahoma. They went out with Lincoln Riley. They were terrible. Oregon State played hard. Oregon State deserved to win. 17-14 to 14 was the final. That didn't seem right. Sometimes you win the game, and as a coach, you're never apologetic. Sometimes as a fan, you're watching, and you're like, yeah, that team didn't deserve to win. But they did. 17-14, they pulled it out, and they're still alive. Michigan, woo! Michigan, first play of the game, kickoff to Maryland, off the dude's face mask. Michigan recovers. First play, touchdown, 7-zip. You think the route is on, but nope. Tell you what, Mike Loxley, America's worst football coach, has recruited well. He's recruited really well. Michigan barely hangs on in overtime. Texas, my backside. Every year with the Texas. Every year I got to hear about the Texas. Who's tired of hearing about the Texas? Give me, get out of here with the Texas. Can I not have the Texas? Can we not talk about the Texas until they actually win a big game? Yeah, I know they came close. I know they tried real hard. I know they gave it their best effort against Alabama Slamma, but they lost. And now they're up two touchdowns against Texas A&M, and they lost. Texas ain't back. Texas ain't back to do nothing. They ain't back to do a daggone thing. Hey, do you know who is in first place in the Big Ten West? Do you know who? The worst power conference team in America. And I even though they won a game, Northwestern actually won a game. And Northwestern is the worst power five conference team in America. They beat Nebraska in London. All right. Lost to Duke, 
lost to Southern Illinois and lost to Miami of Ohio. All three at the crib. All three at home. All three. Now, I mean, I watched some of the game. With all due respect, it, it wasn't like Ben Roethlisberger was back there throwing for Miami of Ohio. Man, nice quarterback. He looked good. But I got to tell you, whatever the heck they recruited at Northwestern right now, this moment, I got two words for you. They stinks. Oh, they stinks bad. They stinks like uh, I played 54 holes of golf this week, and I stinks. Man, Northwestern. Coach Fitz, we need a speech. Golly. Uh, My friend Teddy Greenstein, who's been on this show, said, as a Northwestern grad, he said they should give, the AD, should give all of season ticket holders refunds for having to sit through that nonsense. (laughs) How about that? He ain't wrong. Hey, it's one thing to lose to Southern Illinois, but then you back it up by losing to Miami. God bless you. You have beaten Robert Moore? No, you no, no, no. You beat Nebraska. So the smart aleck would say Nebraska is the worst one uh, uh, FBS or whatever the hell you call it, Power 5 school. I would argue they're not. I would argue Nebraska's ineptness cost them that game, and they've been better than this collection of garbage that is happening in Evanston. And it pains me because I like Fitz. My niece... One of the uh, great volleyball slash, yeah, one of the great volleyball players slash announcers in the history of that school. Fantastic. But they stinks. All right, we're going to talk a lot of Tennessee, a lot of NFL. Chad Withrow, the voice of everything, everything. The voice of everything in Nashville joins me next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A little change of plans. Chad's going to join us at 10, but I got something for you. By the way, NFL, I'm with you, baby. I am so with you. NFL is putting out ads saying make sure you vote. Yes, make sure you vote. you got to get out there, and you got to get this Biden administration and these people out. I mean, we are being crushed absolutely destroyed with gas prices, inflation, 401ks. The stock market is under. It has lost based on where it was when Biden has gotten here. Those are my issues. They may not be yours. You go, you know, you do whatever you want to do. But I'm just telling you, in my world, please vote these clowns out. NFL, you're right. See, the whole thing with the NFL and the the, uh, the NBA to vote is so you vote Democrat. I mean, I mean, we're no idiots. Get out and vote. They don't care whether you vote if you're not a Democrat. I'm with them. Vote, baby. And vote early and vote often. Let's go Chicago. Let's vote early and vote often like we used to do on the south side of Lake County, baby. I remember my dad's friend came to the house wanting to sign up the empty lot. He was running 
for like treasure or something. He's like, hey, Tommy D, you own that empty lot? I'm going to sign it up, get some votes out of it. He goes, no, we don't own it. The Melhams do. So he went over to the Melhams. I don't know if he got it signed up or not. I was like 10. I don't know. But I do know this. Don't tell me that there is no such thing as voter fraud or voting irregularity. You're talking to the wrong guy. Told you this before. Guy who taught me how to shoot a jump shot is currently in Greece. Mykonos hiding. Oh, well, not hiding. He got convicted along with other city councilmen in East Chicago. And he, the night before sentencing, got on a plane under an assumed name and is now in Mykonos, where as a Greek citizen, Interpol cannot extradite you. Don't even think about telling me about voter fraud. Save it for your buddy next door. That'll listen to you. You kidding me? We vote early, we vote often in Northwest Indiana. Speaking of early and often, I don't know the numbers on this. I'm sorry. I got stock up and stock down right now. I don't know the numbers, okay? I don't know them. But I am so, ooh, nice graphic. I am so freaking tired of NFL and college refs, I cannot even begin to tell you. Stick those flags up your rear end. I'm tired of seeing a little touch, maybe a little grab. I've had enough. I know. I know what happened. In the NFL, you got rid of all the old timers. You went to diversity, blah, blah, younger, not, not as experienced. You ran guys up there for the CYA. I've talked to referees about it. I understand it. <coughs> but stick those flags up your you-know-what. If you have them right here on the side, shift them to the back and stuff them in there. Stop it already. Holy cow. You're making me crazy. Every time I watch a play, I got to look on the bottom of the screen to see if I see a little flag thing. Please, children, for the love of all things holy. I'm not saying if a guy grabs a guy. I'm not saying if there's something egregious. But these little touches... See, here's the problem. You got inexperienced guys that know they can't be touched by the league office for a variety of reasons. Now, this isn't me talking. This is NFL refs telling me. And so they know, hey, look, the only way that we can uh, have a problem is if we don't throw the flag. So they throw the flag. It's ridiculous. I've had enough. Bring back some people of common sense and experience. Hey, I'm sure penalties are down. I, I Look, all I can go by is what I go by, and that's every time there's a play, I look in that little corner, and I'm like, flag, flag. Oh, okay. Stop it. Geno Smith. Geno Smith, uh, I got to tell you. Geno Smith, uh, I've had enough. I mean, Geno Smith had one good game opening night. Geno Smith uh, has still hung on to the ball. He's still hanging on to it. He is. I'm looking at this right now. Gino, hang on to the ball. Hang on to the ball. Hang on to the ball. Hang on. Didn't get sacked. Gino, baby, I understand. You had a moment in the sun. Russell Wilson came back. You got the win. You said you were written off, but you didn't get the invite. I don't know. It was clever. You seemed angry. Yay, Rod. Go fight win. But you stinks now. Man, oh, man. You're hanging on to the ball. Why am I upset about Geno Smith? Because I want Geno Smith to do well. I kind of like stories like Geno Smith. I like Geno Smith energy. I like guys that are making a comeback. I do. I think it's great. I'm all in. 
But if you're going to make a comeback and you're going to be the guy, then get rid of the damn football. I mean, get rid of it. I don't have this on here, but Cordell Patterson stock way up. Cordell Patterson's been the weird guy. Is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? What the heck is Cordell Patterson? Well, you know what he was yesterday? Cordell Patterson, they said, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make you a running back. We're going to make you a running back, and you're going to run for 141 yards, one touchdown, and that's what you're going to be. 107 yards in the second half. Now, I don't know whether Cordell Patterson is a real running back or not, but I know he was yesterday, and I know Geno, just stop it. Look, and if it's your offensive coordinator's fault, fine. But here's the deal with backups. And this is just what they are. Backups always show you that they are backups. Now, he was 32 of 44, 325 yards. Yay, Rob. Get rid of the ball. I got a headache. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I spoke of him earlier. Stock way up. Way up. I can't talk about this enough. Trevor Lawrence came with so much pressure. And Trevor Lawrence added to it. Trevor Lawrence went RG3. If you remember when RG3 came into the league... He did all these commercials, Subway commercials, all of them. And he was pretty good rookie year. I think he was a rookie of the year over Andrew Luck. And then it happened. Then he got hurt. Then he got exposed. Then he's out of the league. And now he's ridiculously bad as a commentator doing football on ESPN. Although all the white media is going to say he's great, but he's not. He's horrible. It's awful. But anyway, I digress. So now Trevor Lawrence comes in with the same thing. Trevor Lawrence decides to do all the commercials, but the opposite happened for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was bad as rookie. You say whatever you want. You can blame whoever you want, but he had a professional offensive coordinator that groomed Russell Wilson and Daryl Bevel. Trevor Lawrence, no good. Offense, no good. But now Trevor Lawrence is really good. And when I mean really good, I mean really good. He makes defenses look bad. He made the Colts look horrendous two weeks ago. And then yesterday, 38 points against a team that's supposed to be a contender in the AFC, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, they had no shot against Trevor Lawrence. And he did it any way you want. You want to drop back? He did it. You want to roll right? He did it. You want to roll left? He did it. You want to scramble? He did it. Trevor Lawrence, stock way, way, way up on Trevor Lawrence. Stock up on the Indianapolis Colts defense. Heck yeah. Indianapolis Colts defense was so good that I actually live bet this game, betting on the Colts plus two and a half. I did. Had a bad week, but I made it back right there, baby. Made some of it anyway. Colts defense had Mahomes running for his life, and I said this earlier. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe runs around. He always runs around the quarterback. Mike Lombardi came on this show and told us about it. So what happens is, is he's running around, the quarterback steps up. And now he's behind him. Well, in this instance, when the quarterback didn't step up and started running away from Ngakwe, Ngakwe was fast enough to at least pressure Patrick Mahomes. And the other thing, here came up the middle. As Ngakwe was going around, here came Buckner. Buckner, for the first time in two years, decided he wanted to play a football game. Defoe. Defoe, he of the, I'm going to listen to my body, man, instead of playing. But anyway, I digress. So the Colts' defense, I felt like, made 
Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable the entire game. Now, a lot of people are saying, and I said it myself, did not look like, did not look like, didn't look like Patrick Mahomes nor the Kansas City Chiefs were all that interested. It didn't look great. They looked disinterested, they made mistakes, and finally they made a fatal one when Chris Jones acted like an idiot and said whatever he said. I bet you there was a little bit of something-something in there. Nah, never mind. Anyway, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, first time I've ever seen it. Colts defense had him rattled to the point where he threw an interception late to end the game. I liked it. Let's hear from Jimmy Ursay, by the way. One heck of a ball game. It was back and forth. All right. It was an unbelievable victory. Uh, everyone here is so excited. Uh, we love the Chiefs, the Chiefs organization, the Hunt family. They always deliver a great product. Andy Reid was out there trying to win that game. Such a great coach. But I give all our coaches and players so much credit. They hung in there. They kept fighting. It was a tough game. It was one of those games. Neither team loses. They're going to have something to answer for. I some culpability on theirs. But if you get the win, it's a win, and that's all that counts. And we got a great win as underdogs. So go Colts, and I will be March. So I got to get to Jimmy Ursay, and I got to tell him quit doing these videos by. Big time, big, big things that are on, big motors. Like when he done when he did his interviews or his videos after the season when he was mad, he did them next to a running plane, his airplane. So now just take the cart, go about 40 yards that way, 30 yards that way, and do it without the background noise. I love Jimmy Ursay. I I do. I think Jimmy Ursay's great. He's passionate. I rip Jimmy Ursay all the time. Of course I do. But the truth of the matter is the dude has passion. The dude cares. But God dang it, can you do these videos uh, away from? Can we do them away from where in the heck the bus is? I mean, all right. I'm just saying. Colts got to win. Defense on the rise. Patrick Mahomes I talked about. Stock down. Don't get cute. See, Patrick Mahomes made, did something that was fatal. You can't do this. After they won the Super Bowl, he started talking about winning six or seven Super Bowls. Don't do that. My producer, the great Jimmy Cook, at the Jay Cook, by the way, was like, no, don't do that. He's the biggest Kansas City Chiefs fan that I know. He's been in his whole life. His whole family is. They gather every Sunday, and they cook, and they do all the stuff that you do to have a great football Sunday with their Chiefs. But I'm going to talk to him today, and I guarantee he's like, yeah, Mahomes was in the tank. The Chiefs were too cool. Stock down on the Chiefs, too. I mean, you muff a punt. You let one get down on the one-yard line. For some reason, instead of going to your $250 million quarterback, you decide to fake a punt that gets blown up in two seconds. I don't get it. You miss a field goal. You miss an extra point. And, ladies and gentlemen, you get a taunting call by a guy named Chris Jones, who's really good. Yeesh, kabibble. Stock up, Notre Dame. 
tell you right now, I've said forever, ask Mark Packer of Sirius XM Radio and the ACC Network. I've told you forever, Mac Brown's a fraud. Mac Brown had a nice year or two with Vince Young. Mac Brown, my backside. Mac Brown needs to get on a diet. He's imploding. He's the only announcer that I've ever heard of when he was working at ESPN. You know what he did? He said, yeah, I'm leaving. I got a plane to catch. That's power. Can't coach a lick. Can't. Sorry. I know he's a Hall of Famer. Blah, 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 blah. Notre Dame went in there and just absolutely annihilated Mac Brown's defense that was so freaking bad, it couldn't stop a nosebleed. Tom Jackson, I love that. Man, hey, good for Notre Dame, man. Uh, they went in there. They dominated. They got down early. North Carolina went right down the field, got a touchdown. And next thing you know, boom, 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 boom. The game was literally over. And when I say over, I mean O-V-A. Over. Done. North Carolina never had a chance. And Mac Brown is exactly who I used to say he was on Sirius XM Radio, and I'm telling you now. No good. No good. All right. Let's switch it over. Let's go to Dockets. They even this is how this is the kind of power that I have on my show. You see, dumpster fire. That's not even how you spell my name. Holy Toledo, Dockick, Addison to God. I'm just kidding. It isn't how you spell my name, but I am just kidding. I hate racism. I'm not gonna lie. I, I can't stand it, and it's running rampant. It, it is. It, it's running rampant in our world. And I'm going to be very serious here for a minute. Uh, It's running rampant, and it's ridiculous, and it's crap, it's garbage, and I'm embarrassed for the people that participate in it. Like, I have had African-American writers come at me, Vince Goodwin and other guys, and I'm like, look, man, you do you, baby. You do you racist stuff. I'm just not going to participate. I don't participate in it. I don't participate in the veiled. I was was brought up uh, in a community that had everything. Black, white, Hispanic, you name it. My father and mother were school teachers at what we call, and maybe you're not allowed to, I don't care, melting pot schools, man. Everything at Longfellow Elementary School in Gary, Indiana. Every kind of different person except really wealthy people at Calumet High School, Ross Township, Gary, Indiana. I mean, look it up. Just look it up and, you know, you'll see. My father was a 49-year teacher there. My mother was a 51-year teacher there. Kids... When my father was a principal, black, white, whatever, would come to our house, TP our house, eat pizza at our house, have a great time at our house. I, I don't do racist. I, I just, you can't, and you can veil it. Malika Andrews does racism. She is the young next big thing at ESPN, and that's what she's about. She's simply about racism, and you can, you can hide it. So Amy Adoka gets fired, suspended. I guess he gets suspended for having an affair, and they bring up, Joe Mazzula to be the new head coach. Apparently, Joe Mazzula, when he in 2008, as a student at West Virginia, got in a bar fight. 2008. I don't know if you know this. It's 22. We'd be remiss not to mention that Mazzula was arrested twice at West Virginia, once for underage drinking and aggravated assault, and then again, uh, 09, domestic battery after an incident at a bar. The domestic violence case, he paid a $100 fine court cost. That was 13 years ago. Uh, so this idiot felt like, you know, this is her way of getting at the white guy. This is her way of standing up for Emi Udoka. This is her way of being a racist. 
This is her way of being horrendous. This is her way of getting back and showing that she'll stand up because, let's be honest, people aren't very smart, and they'll buy this crap from her. I wouldn't give a damn if Emi Odoka kept his job. I wouldn't give a damn. I wonder why the woman, if she's working, apparently she, I guess, I don't know, uh, is too afraid to come out and say who she was. Odoko came out. He's paying a penalty, but it takes two to tango. I'm also wondering why Jeannie Buss hasn't been fined, suspended for having an affair with her coach. Said this on Friday. This got to be the top of the food chain. Apparently, again, rumor-wise, it was a wife of a vice president. I don't know. Or maybe it was the vice president as a woman. I don't know. But if that woman wanted to be treated equally, why doesn't that woman come out and say, it was me to lift suspicion off of the other women with the Boston Celtics, but that's not how we look at it. But I digress. Malika Andrews is a fool. I'm just a straight fool. She's not fooling nobody. She pivoted. She went right to Adrian Wojnarowski. And Wojnarowski said, now, uh, Woj, why are the Celtics choosing him as their next head coach? Um, Woj just shot her dumbass down, and she is a dumbass. I, I don't care. You can say whatever you want. She's when you're a dumbass, you're a male, you're a female, you're white, you're black, you're a dumbass. Woj says, "Well, let's start with this. This is someone whose character they really believe in, whose leadership they really believe in, and tactically they think that Joe Mazzulla has all the makings of a head coach in the NBA." He got in a fight in a nightclub when he was 18. All charges were dropped. He paid a small fine. At 34, we'd be remiss to also mention because some dumbass wants to prove a point. ESPN's never going to fire her. She's the next big thing there. And when you're the next big thing, particularly when you fit their diversity profile, you're all good. But that's an asinine thing to say. And frankly, that's a fireable thing to say. All things should be equal. I've always said that. They should be, but they're not. But they should be. Uh, Let me go to another dumpster fire. The butt punt. The butt punt by Miami. I don't know if you saw this, but deep in the end zone, we can't show it, but deep in the end zone, the butt punt. They kicked it right into his rear end. Honest to God. The Dolphins punter, boom, right in the rear end of his protector. It goes out of bounds. It's a safety. The butt punt. Mark Sanchez had the butt fumble. This is a butt punt. I wish we could show it to you, but you've probably seen it. Uh, This is a dumpster fire. Look, everybody and their mother says that the Greek freak, you know his name, is the nicest guy in the world. And I probably agree with it. He seems like, but no. If you're the Greek freak, I'm not going to say Steph Curry's the best basketball player in the world. I'm not going to say I'm the best basketball player in the world. I'm just going to say, yeah, I don't know. It's up to you guys, but I think I'm pretty good. But I'm not saying anybody else is better than me. Not at that level. High school, I said everybody was better than me. College, everybody was better than me. I mean, what the heck? But the truth of the matter is, when I get to the NBA, NBA, there is absolutely no shot, no shot of me saying anybody's the best player in the world when clearly I'm the best player in the world. It's not a big deal. But I think to myself, would Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, would any of those guys do that? Of course not. Would LeBron James do that? Of course not. 
I always think, particularly in the NBA, that you got to be like the all-time greats. Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to this day, Isaiah Thomas to this day, they're both fighting, fighting, fighting to be considered among the greats. And I will tell you this, Isaiah Thomas, the greatest little guard I've ever seen, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and uh, Michael Jordan are the two best basketball players I've ever seen, and I'll take Magic Johnson over Larry Bird today, tomorrow, the next day. I will. <laughs> I absolutely will. So there you go. Uh, Ken Dorsey going nuts. Ken Dorsey going absolutely nuts, I don't think is a dumpster fire. I kind of like it. Ken Dorsey's the offensive coordinator for the Bills. He was mad they didn't get a playoff. He threw everything around. If we could cue up his video, he was so insane. If you guys could cue up that video once again, I don't know if you can or not, but he was so insane that he had to answer whether he was a psychopath or not. He was throwing things. I hate the fact that we have those cameras in the offensive and defensive coordinators' boxes. Man, we don't need those. And then, of course, every little slap that couldn't play dead in any sport. Well, that's, a, that's not very sportsmanlike. It wasn't a very good example for his players. No, you're wrong. It was. If every player on the Bills throughout the entire course of the year cares as much about every coach on the Bills as, as defined by Ken Dorsey, here, watch what he had to say after. He goes nuts. Let's show him. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm not, uh, uh, I'd like to think I'm not too much of a psychopath. He went so nuts, he had to explain himself not being a psychopath. Too much of one. All coaches, to a degree, are psychopaths. You're never going to hear me, unless a coach costs his, his team the game, you're never, ever, ever going to hear me say, oh, man, coach shouldn't do that. I got no problem with any of that. None. All right, check this out. This is happening far too frequency, frequent. People walked into a Wawa store and just decided we're taking this thing over. Let, let, let's have a look at this crazy, idiotic, dumbass video from this weekend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, it's going to take us a second, but you won't believe this. I mean, wh wh what society are we living in? Like, we're fathers. I'm going to say it until you guys hate on me, and you can hate on me all you'd like. But fathers, man, when you see this video, I bet you you don't see one father. You got to have fathers. Tony Dungy and I discussed it. And if you don't have fathers, there's things like this are going to happen. Watch these folks ransack a damn store. They just come in and decide we're going to throw stuff everywhere. You know, now in stores, uh, my wife works at Athletic. If somebody steals something, you let them go. Why? Why? Why do we allow this? You think allowing that doesn't lead to broader things? You guys got the video? Every week we see about 10 of these things where people come in. Look at this. Just come in, start throwing things. Like, what are we doing? Just ransack a store. You know, and there, there are some people there that are just looking at this going, what? Yeah, just throw things. And then some idiot in the middle of it is just taking a video of it. That's unbelievable. 
Look at this. People just want to have a store. You just have a store. You have a neighborhood store. And this is what happens. Like, aren't we tired of this crap? I don't know what to do about it. But I know this, laws where we don't put people in jail aren't great laws. And being softer on crime isn't great. I mean, being softer on crime helps nobody. Absolutely nobody. Honest to God, I've said this forever. You give people a little bit, and next thing you know, you got this. And this happens all the freaking time. I'd be a bad prosecutor because I'd get the video, I'd get everybody, I'd get them arrested, and I won't know if I'd put them in jail, but I'd make them uncomfortable. That's just wrong. I don't give a damn what you think. That's just wrong. All right, we come back. Monster Day. Well, days. Saturday, Sunday in Tennessee. I mean, monster days in Tennessee. Huge days. Chad Withrow, the voice of all things. Tennessee joins us coming up here in about two minutes. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Nobody knows the great state of Tennessee like Outkick 360's Chad Withrow. All right. Monster game in Knoxville. Monster game in Nashville. But Middle Tennessee State, big boy, the uh, Riviera of Nashville goes down to Miami and whoops up on them, and Coach Stockstill tells them after, yeah, we were out tougher, this was no fluke, basically shut the hell up, you. That was monstrous. I, I could not believe it, Dan. You know, they, they get that fourth down stop, and it's I think at that point they're up 14. And I'm thinking, all right, they're going to get out of the shadow of their own goalpost, they're going to punt it back, and we're going to have a great game down, down the finish here for Miami and Middle Tennessee. And instead – they just decide to go deep, and it's a 98-yard touchdown, and the route was on. Rick Stockstill at, at MTSU is dead on right with that assessment. They were the better football team. They absolutely whipped Miami in that game. It makes the Texas A&M win over Miami not look quite as impressive. Now, they had an impressive win of their own this weekend with A&M, but I think it just goes to illustrate we, we see coaching hires, and they make perfect sense. And I think this is a great example of that, right? Mario Cristobal, Miami guy, South Florida guy, has got all the recruiting ties, knows all the high school coaches in that area. He's going to bring the U back. And he gets there. It's a splash. They look okay very early in the season. Then the offense hits a rough patch against A&M. Then they go out and they get whipped by a team that was more motivated than them in this game in, in, in Middle Tennessee. And it just illustrates how far some of these programs have to go, even if they got the higher right. And I think that Miami did with Mario Cristobal. They got a long way to go to develop some toughness and some mental character to get ready for games like that. Because Middle Tennessee, this this was, as Rick Stockstill said, no fluke. They were better. They destroyed Miami on Saturday. I, for one, was shocked. I mean – 
Middle Tennessee's got a good sports program, and you mentioned it. I, see, for me personally, Chad, I get tired of the U. I liked it when the U was cheating. I liked when Luther Campbell back in my day had all the fellas there. And now every time they win a game, the U is like Texas. Every time they win a game or come close, we got to hear about the U. I, I have zero ties to the U. I just get tired of the U. So I was so happy for them. Let's put it that way. It's amazing that it's one of the few programs that, you know, you hear all these college coaches talk about, we are built on a foundation of character and strength and we're bringing in the right people and we're always doing the right things. But I am spot on with you, Dan. The character of Miami is cheating. The look of the Miami football player is one that is brash, arrogant, may get in trouble with the law, but you don't care because it's Miami football. And that's part of what makes them great, what made them great in the past. Uh, I'm not saying you go out and, you know, you, you start uh, scavenging through the, the local um, uh, penitentiaries for players or anything like that. But there is a certain edge to Miami football that they've been lacking since the 80s and 90s and early 2000s even with some great teams. So, so I'm with you. They, they've got to get back to that somehow without completely imploding their entire program. All right, Florida, Tennessee. Man, oh, man, that was a fun watch. Really good. Uh, your quarterback at Tennessee, is he a Heisman guy? He should be. Uh, I, I saw where um, uh, Robert Griffin III you know, tweeted out, Hendon Hooker should be at the top of everyone's Heisman list right now. I don't completely disagree. He's not getting that level of publicity at this point because everyone's going to look at Tennessee and say, hey, it's a nice story. They got a great offense but they're not a national championship caliber team. And I agree with that, but we've seen guys win the Heisman that aren't on the national championship winning team or a team even contending for a playoff spot. Tennessee's offense, Dan, is good enough to score on Alabama. It's good enough to score on Georgia. They're going to score on everyone on their schedule unless they shoot themselves in the foot, but they don't. And why don't they? It's because Hendon Hooker. The guy is amazing at not throwing the ball in bad spots. Eight touchdowns to no interceptions right this year. For his career as starting quarterback at Tennessee, he has 44 touchdowns to three interceptions overall. That is a remarkable stat. 349 yards to the air. And while Anthony Richardson was terrific, and I know we're going to talk about him, he was 24 for 44 in the game. Hendon Hooker was 22 for 28. You want to talk about the model of efficiency, and these aren't all screen passes. He's throwing the ball deep down the field and completing it also. 22 for 28, 349 yards in his best game yet, running the ball as Tennessee quarterback with 112 yards on the ground. It was a Heisman caliber performance in a big-time spectacle college football game at Neyland Stadium. It was rocking start to finish. College game day was there. That was the game of the week everyone was talking about. Tennessee, to get over that mental hurdle, it was going to take great quarterback play. And they have a truly great quarterback right now. And if no other media outlet out there is going to shout it from the rooftop, outkick will, baby. Hendon Hooker is a Heisman Trophy candidate right now. He needs to be in everyone's top three. And I could argue that he may be number one right now across the country with what he's done at Tennessee. Um, so, look, uh, he's been better than anyone could have imagined. He, he's a 24-year-old quarterback in college. Uh, he's got the discipline. He's got the experience. He needs to be on a Heisman list. 
I'm in. I'm, I, I'll jump on a ban- I'll jump off a bandwagon. I'll jump on a bandwagon. Screw Aiden O'Connell. He didn't even play last week uh, for <laughs> Purdue. I'll jump on with Hendon Hooker. Are you kidding? Heck yeah. Hey, moving forward. Hey, Dan, Dan, talking about the, you know, the injury you- stuff also quickly on that with Aiden O'Connell being out. One other thing about Hendon Hooker, he got dinged up in that game. Uh, he he got a 300-pounder a, a landed on him on his right shoulder. Looked like he couldn't move his arm for a bit. Came out and, and led Tennessee right down the field on a 99-yard drive. And then I'm sure got a shot of something at halftime probably. But came out and was great in the second half. So add the perseverance and overcoming injury aspect to whatever Heisman argument you want to make for Hendon Hooker. Yeah, moving forward, how good is Tennessee? How good is Florida? How good is Anthony Richardson? I don't think Florida is is that good, quite frankly. I think Anthony Richardson, you know, there's a reason we keep hearing about all these NFL scouts watching him. Uh, he, I think he's 19 years old right now. He's very inexperienced. He has every physical tool. I mean, he has an absolute rifle for a right arm. He can run it. Uh, he's got all of the tangible things you want to see. He's not mastered the intangibles. But, boy, what a great step for him on Saturday. Uh, he surprised me. I mean, the game plan for Tennessee was stop those three running backs, stop Anthony Richardson from going crazy running the ball, which they did on both those, and make him beat you from the pocket, and he beat them from the pocket. Tennessee's secondary is abysmal. I don't know that they have answers on that roster, but they've got to be better than that if they're going to contend uh, with the, some of the better teams left on their schedule. But I thought Anthony Richardson was, was outstanding on Saturday. Uh, if he's playing like that, Florida's going to be pretty good. But I also think you saw in this game, Dan, that Florida defensively, with all those great athletes they bring in for the Gators, with all those great defenses in the past, what does Billy Napier going for it on every single fourth down tell you? To me, that does not tell me that I am overly confident in my offense. It tells me that he said, we're not stopping Tennessee from scoring a touchdown. So it's either going to happen in two plays or six. So we'll go for it on fourth and eight from our own 27, which they did, I think, in the third quarter, because our best chance is to just keep getting first downs and go down and match Tennessee touchdown for touchdown in this game. I think it was the right strategy. It worked. They had a great percentage going for it on fourth down because Tennessee's secondary uh, is really bad. So, But I, I look at that and don't think, oh, this is a new coach sending the message that I'm really confident in my group. I'm, I've got a lot of confidence in my offense. I think it was him saying, my defense couldn't stop South Florida on the ground. My defense couldn't stop Kentucky without Chris Rodriguez on the ground. They're not stopping Hendon Hooker running or passing or doing whatever he wants. So we're going to go for it on every fourth down and just keep that punter on the sideline the entire game. Um, shock of all shock, a week ago, arguably the laughing stock of the NFL, that was the AFC South. Somebody had tweeted out, it was really funny, AFC South couldn't get a win, and they even played against one another, and that was true. Colts, obviously. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It was week one. Colts and Texans. All right. Yesterday, this surprised me, and I actually made money on this one. I was surprised that the Titans were underdogs against the Raiders. I, I watched the Raiders. I didn't think Derek Carr was very good going in, had some picks. Uh, what was your thought on the Titans yesterday? I thought they were a lot better, but it's another concerning issue. By the way, we're going to have you on Outkick 360 this week at some point. I'm going to tell Davey to get with you because we, we have to talk AFC South and preview Titans and Colts and, and what to me is sort of a yeah. detonation game, right? Like this is one that whoever loses this game, I feel like you're detonating the whole deal 
for the rest of the season. So it's a it's a pivotal game for sure in the AFC South. Look, I think the Titans, much like they were in game number one, they were terrific in the first half. They're really good when they script their opening series of the game. They go, they get a stop against the Raiders. They go right down the field and go up seven nothing. They're up twenty four to ten at halftime, and they don't score another point in the second half. And they they win twenty four twenty two. They're up thirteen nothing at halftime against the Giants. They end up losing that game where they had a chance to win it on a last second field goal. But they really get nothing accomplished offensively in the second half of that one. They go right down the field on the first series against Buffalo, and they tie it seven to seven. And then they end up losing forty one to seven. And that's after everyone called the dogs off midway through the third quarter of that game. It's a team that starts well. It's a team that's got no counterpunch. They can come up with a good plan the week of the game. They might go down and score to open the game. They may have a good first half, but once adjustments are made, they do not have the counterpunch. They don't have A.J. Brown that can bail them out of offensive woes. Uh, Derrick Henry, as good as he is, he can't carry this team on his back right now. The offensive line's not good enough for Tennessee. They've got a 275-pound offensive guard, which there are high school programs that are elite in Nashville, in the Nashville area, that have bigger offensive guards than that. I mean, you've got to be 300-plus to hold up in the NFL in the middle of an offensive line. So that's ridiculous to me. Um, it's it's a team with a lot of deficiencies, but in terms of yesterday, uh, I thought I thought they were good. You know, defensively, they did enough to hold on. They get the big stop on the two-point conversion. And offensively, you know, it's a team still trying to find their way and find out who their playmakers are going to be. I just think it's in short supply right now. If it's not Derrick Henry getting it going on the ground, they got him involved in the passing game also yesterday. But if it's not him, who is it? Is it Traylon Burks who had one catch for 13 yards and just one other target? Who's their first-round pick at receiver? No. Robert Woods had a pretty good day yesterday. He's going to have to step up and be more present in that offense. It's just a lot of nothing on offense outside of Derrick Henry right now for the Titans, even on a day where I thought Ryan Tannehill was really good for the Titans. And, look, it was a key win. I'm not going to sit here and say that it wasn't a big win. They, they badly needed that, and that puts them in position, much like the Colts, for a big AFC South game this coming weekend. But I just look at that offense, Dan, and I think I, I don't know where it's going to come from when it gets tough this season. I swear to God, what you were saying is you could just flip over Derrick Henry to Jonathan Taylor. You could take Tannehill and make him Matt Ryan. You could take Burks, even though Alec Pierce had two catches and has two catches all year, and put Alec Pierce in there. Now, Colts got two touchdowns on two catches from a tight end, but it's, uh, it's the same thing offensively. The word counterpunch is perfect. Because the Colts got to win the old-fashioned way. Frankly, Chad, they let the other team make mistakes, a muff punt, a fake field goal, a missed extra point, a missed field goal, uh, a punt that got down on the one, and then an idiot, Chris Jones, deciding when the game is over that he's going to talk smack, get a penalty, keeps the whole game alive. I, this, the over-under might be 10 for this game coming up here on Sunday. Oh, I, I think you're spot on with that. Look, we're always going to look at the best offense in the league, and we'll make that the model, and we should. You know, it's only 32 teams in the NFL. If you're trying to be the best, let's look at the best right now and model every team. Whoever's watching or listening, pick your team and model them, compare them to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills lost yesterday, but they had 475 yards of offense to, I think, like 230. 
for Miami and lost in kind of a screwy type game. But that offense, Dan, and, and I've watched an entire Bills game when they played the Titans, and I've seen them a lot over the last couple of years. When they get seven or eight yards, it feels like a win for the defense. That's how good that offense is. And why are they so good? It's because you don't know what they're going to do on every play. They have so many weapons. Josh Allen could take off and run for 30 yards at any point. They could go deep on you. They're great at getting things going in the flats and, and across the middle. There are so many options for that team on every offensive play that I, you watch them, and I'm just in awe that it's pick your poison every time. Colts and Titans are the opposite, going back to those two teams. It is pick the pick, and the pick is Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry. And outside of that, you are crossing your fingers, crossing your toes, praying to God, and hoping that someone steps up and does something completely unexpected because no one's expecting anything out of either of those offenses right now. And with the Bills, it's just simply, okay, how do we want to beat the defense on this play? All right, let's go out and do it this way on this play, and then we'll do it another way on the next play. That's the difference between the very, very good in the NFL and the very below average that we're seeing with the Colts and Titans. Do you have any thoughts on the Pro Bowl not being the Pro Bowl anymore? It was announced today it's going to be a skills competition and a flag football competition. I love it. Uh, I, you know, no one watches the Pro Bowl for football. I don't think I'm going to watch a flag football game either. So, you know, I go from not watching the Pro Bowl to not watching the Pro Bowl flag football game. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I'll watch the skills challenge if it's interesting, right? You know, if, uh, if they've got a radar gun out and the quarterbacks are throwing it as hard as they can and we're seeing how hard they can throw it or something like that, maybe I'll tune in for a little bit of that. My big question when I, when I heard this, and I've not read every story about it yet, these players in their contract, they get Pro Bowl bonuses. So I'm curious if that still remains, because that's a real win for the players, right? You get the Pro Bowl bonus that's in your contract, but you don't have to go play another football game. You now get sent somewhere to go on vacation and participate in some BS skills competition, and that's it. I mean, that's great for the players, but I wonder if the, the Pro Bowl bonuses will all remain the same for players across the league. I assume they will. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I go from not watching the Pro Bowl to not watching the, the flag football game. I would be shocked if anybody gave any money back from, from either. Hey, um, I watched Brady and I watched Rodgers. Rodgers got off to an unbelievable start. And I look at those teams and I say, you know what? If anybody was any good and if Jameis Winston would quit throwing the ball to the other team, I don't know how good the Bucks are. I don't know how good the uh, – the, the Packers, I just thought they were okay. What would you think? Yeah, I think in the, with the, the Bucks. let's start there. Their defense is really good. And, and every other team in that division, I mean, Peter King had the Saints going to the Super Bowl, which shocked me. The Saints just lost the Panthers. They're terrible. The Panthers, I wrote the five worst teams in NFL after two weeks. They were the worst team I had after, through two weeks. And they go and beat the Saints. The Falcons are still figuring it out under Arthur Smith. They're, they're no contender. That's just a really bad division. So I think by default, the Bucs are going to win the division and be in a decent playoff spot while Brady tries to figure out whatever they're trying to do with these new receivers and he gets some guys back healthy. The defense is good enough to win games for them. So that's the good news for Tampa Bay. With the Packers, on the other hand, I believe the Vikings are a legitimate threat to them. They beat them in week one. Uh, they, got a, they got a nice win yesterday coming from behind to beat the Lions. I think the Lions are sneaky talented. 
they got to figure out how to finish. Yesterday's another classic example of that, if they're ever going to be a contender. But I think the difference between the two teams right now, while both quarterbacks, both old guys that are surefire Hall of Famers, obviously, they're both trying to figure out their passing attack with some new guys. In Brady's case, it's getting guys back healthy. In Rodgers' case, it's I got to make it work with these young receivers at some point. I think both of them will, and they're going to figure it out. But the Bucs have the advantage because they're in the weaker division. I like this Vikings team and what I've seen so far. So I think Rodgers may be in a little bit more trouble just because that division is going to be tougher than what Tom Brady's seeing with the Bucs. All right. Uh, Chad, I got to ask you because I'm on this thing where I've had enough of Bill Belichick. I like Bill Belichick. I got to know Belichick. He and Parcells used to come and hang with Coach Knight and myself. And they're great. A personality out. I think he's funny. I think he's a good dude. But I got to tell you, I am keeping score on the Brady-Belichick divorce. I am saying that Tom Brady has won this divorce, I don't know, $150 million settlement in Brady's. I think it's been crushing. I think it's time for Belichick to win something here. Is it not? Absolutely. And... It's a, it's a credit to Belichick that when we saw some good things from Mac Jones a year ago, everyone's mind immediately went to, man, this just isn't fair. The Patriots go from Brady to the next Tom Brady, you know, an overlooked guy who's not that athletic, who's just going to systematically destroy you with short passes and precision, and he's smart, and he's the perfect Belichick quarterback. And now I'm just looking up and I'm thinking, you know, Mac Jones is an average NFL quarterback. Nothing against Mac Jones, but he's exactly what most people expected him to be. And Bill Belichick, his response to Tom Brady being great seems to be, I'm going to show everyone how smart I am now. So I'm going to take a defensive coordinator and let him call offensive plays now that Josh McDaniels took a head coaching job, and I'm going to mix it up and do all these things. So my counterpunch to this is, let's show everyone that I'm a genius again by doing things completely off the wall. I, I think B Bill Belichick is great. I mean, that's not a big statement to say that objectively the guy is great in the history of the NFL. There's, yeah. there's no way around it. But if we are keeping scores and we're tabulating who won between Brady and Belichick in that split, I mean, it is no doubt Tom Brady is the big winner. They both had a big hand in that Patriots dynasty. I don't want to take too much away from Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick struggles right now, I think, is the classic example of how much more important the quarterback is the NFL as opposed to the head coach. A great quarterback, I, Dan, could make you or me coach an NFL team and look pretty smart right. on a lot of Sundays, right? We're not, we may not win the Super Bowl, but we're going to win more games than we lose because we've got a Hall of Fame quarterback or we've got an all-time great. And I think that's what the, this, this whole thing and the split between the two, to me, illustrates that more than anything else. And I'm keeping score. I'll tell you what else I'm keeping score on. And it worked out great for the Colts yesterday. But I'm keeping score Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Carson Wentz, horrible. They got crushed yesterday. He got sacked nine times. So this week, uh, Matt Ryan, you got to keep score on these kind of things, at least a petty person like I do. I mean, come on. You got rid of one guy for the other. Let's see who's doing better. I'm all in on those kind of things. Is there anything in Texas or in Tennessee – with the oh, Titans yeah. that you'd keep score on like like this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the Carson Wentz thing is a perfect one. Here's the one that Titans fans are just going to – if you're going to want to vomit when I, I say this, but you're keeping score with A.J. Brown. 
And AJ Brown got traded yes. and went to Philly, and he is amazing. And that Philly, Philly is the best team in the NFL right now through three weeks. Their offense is incredible, and they are rolling teams. Best story in the NFL right now is Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins, and I love that guy. I love hearing his no-nonsense approach. He's so different from most other NFL coaches, just how he looks, how he sounds, everything about him. And I think that Miami needed that fresh approach. Love that guy. Love this Dolphins team. But the best team is Philly through three weeks. And why are they the best team? In large part, because they had the you-know-what to make a trade and trade away a first-round pick and pay A.J. Brown the money that he wanted. Titans were unwilling to do that. They bet on themselves getting the receiver pick right again. I totally understand what they're thinking or what they're trying to do, but there's no way that move was going to make the Titans better in the short term, and it has not. Titans are much worse. Philly's much better. If you want to keep a scoreboard and look up, the Philly, Philly and the Eagles are winning that trade, no doubt about it. See, I, that's perfect. It's not really fair to Burks, but screw that. Dude's in the NFL. You know, walk like a man. I Let's put it this way. The Jaguars, everybody said overpaid for Christian Kirk. Does anybody care whether they overpaid for anybody right now? Nobody cares. It's just a matter of are we going to win? Are we winning? Yeah. Yes, you're winning. You're scoring 38 points. Pay the people that matter the most. Yeah, I get into this. We had this discussion with, with PK last week on the show. Uh, I don't care if you've got so much money under the cap and you want to give a short-term deal that's overpaying someone. If that's your best option to upgrade a receiver, but you know that it's a big upgrade, then do it. I mean, I, if you're a fan, I'm just thinking it's not your money. The cap many times is this mystery <laughs> that teams can just manipulate every year no matter what. So if he makes your team better, pay what it takes, bring him in, uh, you can readjust if it doesn't work out, and you can get some of that money back in the cap. The Jags had plenty of room in, in cap space, and, and they got better. You know, I, I look at Jacksonville, and I look at the Texans even, and think with all those er, you know early picks, all those first-round picks, you could point to both those teams, especially Jacksonville after yesterday, and say, well, they're heading the right direction. Right now, that, that, that ship is steering in the right direction. They're going to be a good team. I can't say that about the Colts and the Titans. Uh, it, it, they still may be the best teams in this division. I think they probably are. But it, you, there's no one that watches the NFL that could look at both those teams and say, oh, they're headed in the right direction. It seems like they have plateaued and started heading down. That still may be good enough to win this year, but it's not going to win for long. It's funny, Chad. I had, a, I had a member of the Colts organization tell me, he goes, Dan, he said last year when they lost – to Jacksonville last game of the year, it felt like an anomaly. He said this year, after they kicked the Colts, you know what? It felt like a better franchise beat us. You, and there's a big difference there. You know what I mean? There's a big difference between an anomaly and a team that you think has, you know, they've got that facility going on next door. They got the young quarterback. They're not afraid to spend money. It's pretty good down there. It's not, I think it's real. I don't think it's a fake. I'm with you. I mean, it, it did feel like almost a passing of the torch in that game to, to a team now that's going to be more stable and on the rise and going to win a lot of games in the next few years. Uh, if you're a Jacksonville fan, you have to be thrilled with what's been going on. That blew me away yesterday. I mean, even with a banged up Justin Herbert, who I know is not close to hundred percent with the rib cartilage in, uh, injury, 
I did not see Jacksonville going there and just whipping them the way they did. So you got to feel good if you're a Jags fan. I agree. Thanks, Chad. Thanks a lot, man. Dan, always fun, buddy. I'll join you anytime. And uh, my people will be in touch with your people. We'll get you on Outkick 360 this week because we got to talk about yeah, this AFC gotta... South. It's a big one. All of a sudden, it's yeah. a big one. How'd Thanks, that buddy. Happen? I don't know, but it did. Thanks, Chad. Uh, DraftKings, sign up. Go to the app. That's right. Go to the app. Go to DraftKings.com. Either one. Don't care. Sign up. Put a little money in and get five bet $5 to get $200 in free bets instantly. It's literally that simple. If Mike, what's that kid's name? Kevin Hart and I are telling you, it's beautiful. DraftKings. Go there now. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right. Let's be honest. The most interesting man in the world is covering the most interesting team in the world. Armando <laughs> Salguero joins us. I, you're the most interesting man. The Dolphins are the most interesting team. Let's start with this. I'm going to say this. You tell me I'm wrong. I don't care if the NFLPA investigates Tua. He went to the doctors. They said he could play. He came back out. He played. They won. That's it in my book. Give me your thoughts. You're not wrong. Um, look, what what is happening here in my estimation, based on the facts that I know, Dan, is that the NFLPA saw what we all saw, which is a player that looked like he was woozy and couldn't stand up without help, and he went into the locker room and had a concussion protocol test and came back out, you know, 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later after the half and played. And that looked weird to them. It was bad optics. But the fact of the matter is that he passed the concussion protocol test. And the reason, according to him, according to the team, according to the coach, Mike McDaniel, that he was looking woozy is because he was having back spasms and a back issue that he that happened on a uh, quarterback sneak. And that's what you saw on television. So what the NFLPA is chasing is the optics of what it saw without knowing the backstory. And my my thinking is once they understand the backstory, and talk to the independent neurologist and talk to the, you know, the dolphins that this is all going to go away. All right. We got that out of the way. How good is this dolphin? All right. Dolphins are smart. I've said this and NFL people have told me this. You build from outside in, you get receivers, you get a quarterback that's accurate and you got a chance offensively, offensively. How good is this team? 
they're inconsistent right now. Okay. So let me just say that. I mean, they just lit up the Baltimore Ravens in the fourth quarter last week for three quarters before that the light was not on. And so in that fourth quarter, it was amazing. Then yesterday they, they did good work against the Buffalo bills defense that was missing the entire secondary. The whole secondary was out. Not one of those guys who started yesterday is a starter in the secondary. And then they lost a cornerback, one of their two rookie starting cornerbacks yesterday. And so what I would say to you is let's pump brakes, let's slow your roll, and let's let's let time tell us who that team really is and what they really are on offense. It's a lot of great looks. Mike McDaniel, I would tell you right now, is a coach of the year candidate, okay? He's 3-0. and He's beaten Bill Belichick. He's beaten uh, Sean uh, McDermott. And he's beaten John Harbaugh. It's like, that, that's a pretty impressive, you know, start at 3-0 and for his career. But the offense is not a hundred percent there yet. It's building. It looks good. I'm not ready to like crown them yet. I'm sorry. I, I, I know that that's bad show business, but I'm the most interesting man in the world. I don't have to be in show business. See here. I, I, I don't disagree with you. And a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, Hey, look, wait a second here. Look at all the people that were out for Buffalo. I mean, just look at, you know, okay, fine. But you played, you lost. I want to get into one thing with you because you've been there. I have. And Rex Ryan today said on one of these shows that it's the best home field advantage, that stadium, because the visiting team is in the sun for the entire game and it's 1,000 degrees and the home team is in the shade and that affected the game yesterday. Does that normally affect teams coming in, particularly in September? Yeah, Rex is wrong. It's not 1,000 degrees. Actually, it's 5,000 degrees um, <laughs> down there. Uh, you, you know, they, they built that place originally. That place has been refurbished. It had no roof originally. It had no sunscreen. Um, when they built it, they come to find out that for one o'clock games, the sun is always beating down through the hole in the roof on the visitor's side and not just the sideline, also their fans. So have a little bake, Buffalo, and everybody else visiting Hard Rock Stadium for one o'clock games. And what the Dolphins have done is traditionally, because they practice in the humidity in Miami because they live here it's it's second nature to them it's hot for them too but they're just in better shape and they know how to better handle it the Buffalo Bills any other team that's visiting you saw Josh Allen on the sideline he was sitting under a little mini cover uh I'm I'm shocked that he didn't have two girls in hula skirts you know, fanning him with palm fronds. But <laughs> maybe they would have been smart to get some of those 
cool fans or something going on and get those cool seats to sit their butts on and hydrate because you saw Buffalo players in the second half, multiple Buffalo players in the second half went out with cramps, went out with, uh, you know, struggling with dehydration. It was a thing yesterday and it absolutely is an amazing home field advantage early in the season for the Dolphins. Eventually, winter will come to Miami, and in December, it'll be 75 degrees instead of 95 degrees. And, uh, you know, then they'll only be mildly uncomfortable. But right now, they're in the third uh, ring of hell when they sit on that sideline. 100 play with 90 plays, 90 plays to 39 plays. That can often be misleading, I know, but how did they end up getting this win? What what happened here in your mind? 400 yards passing for uh, Josh Allen, not much of a run game for the Dolphins. How how did they win this game? They won this game for uh, a couple of reasons. Number one, outside of the butt punt, which Thomas Morstead punted out of his end zone and his punt actually hit his up man's upside, so to speak, in, you know, in the rear and it went for a safety. Outside of that, Morstead was able to flip the field. I, I counted it at least three times in which the Dolphins had to give up the ball uh, um you know, inside their own 40. And when Morstead punted and he boomed them, the Bills got it inside their 20 or less. I mean, the Bills had a 90-yard drive, uh, and they needed it. And they had another drive that started at the 2, and they had another drive that started at the 7. So field position was something that's not sexy, but it was a thing yesterday. Number two, the Bills don't have – a you know, what I would say is a um, is, is an offense that, that is two-dimensional. They're one-dimensional. They threw the ball 63 times. You don't often throw the ball 63 times and win because why? Because you're asking the quarterback basically to be perfect. And on the one pass that Josh Allen needed to be perfect, a fourth down and goal, he short-armed it. He threw a duck. And, you know, that was the difference between a win and a loss for the Bills. They also can't – they don't have their uh, their two-minute situation and their spike plays down because they blew one just before halftime and then they blew one at the end of the game where they couldn't get the ball spiked in time. And that made Ken Dorsey go absolutely bat-blank crazy. Looking forward here. <laughs> Looking forward for the Dolphins, where do you see this team? I know you said pump the brakes. The division is tough. Like, you know, even though the Patriots haven't been great, they're still, you know, the Patriots. You got Where is this team? Where does it fit in? Well, you know what? They're going to Cincinnati on Thursday. Cincinnati's okay. Where was Cincinnati last February? Oh, yeah, they were in the Super Bowl. Um, so they're all right, and they just come off their first victory of the season, and they're at home. So this will be a good test because their secondary is not going to be missing for this game. 
And, you know, their quarterback's pretty good also. It's a good chance for Tua Tungabailoa to match up once again with an elite quarterback. He's done fine so far. I mean, he got the better of Lamar Jackson. And yesterday he didn't outpass Josh Allen, but he came away with the W. On Thursday, it's Joe Burrow. Where they're at is we've gone from are the Dolphins real to the Dolphins should be in the playoffs. They look like a playoff team. Their defense is solid. Their offense is is a is a burgeoning, growing, maturing unit. Uh, they have good special teams. And Mike McDaniel suddenly, and I can't stress this enough, you know, he was the second choice for that team. He was not the guy. They wanted to hire Sean Payton, and yet he's on the sideline and his team looks disciplined. They have an idea of what they want to do, and they do it for the most part. That'll get you in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl team, but, again, they're, they're a building program that looks on the right, uh, on the right arc. It is, an, it is an amazing win. I mean, you look at it, and we talked about the number of plays, but 400 yards passing, 115 yards rushing, no interceptions, and only one fumble. So one turnover, and yet you only score 20, or excuse me, 19 points. How about that? Yeah. And uh, Ty Bass, who never misses, misses from 38 yards out wide left. It, it was a strange game, and, you know, I mean, I can't tell you that this is going to be the, the narrative for the Dolphins the rest of the year. If this is their formula, it's a bad formula because you don't want the opposing quarterback throwing for 400 yards every week. You don't want that. But if the formula is, hey, you know what, we're going to hang in during adversity, we're going to use our home field advantage being the weather. We're going to not make stupid mistakes and we're going to be disciplined and play hard-nosed football. And like they did against the Ravens, never quit. You know, they're going to win some games. How about Jalen Hurts? 3-0, and Tua, 3-0. and uh, it is kind of it, it, it is interesting that obviously because of what happened in the national championship game, right? With Tua coming in and Jalen getting benched and then Jalen Trent. I don't know. I, I think those things are kind of cool. And Joe Burrow was there as well. Mac Jones. I mean, it's it's kind of cool, Alabama, seeing these guys. Dan, what you're seeing with Jalen Hurts and Tua, if it continues. What you're seeing is the rewriting of how to handle young quarterbacks. And that is you're going to go from expecting your young quarterback to suddenly become elite and carry you and you ride his coattails to you get a young quarterback and develop him slowly and surround him with a lot, a lot of talent. Jalen Hurts has a lot of talent around him. Uh, you know, his wide receiver group is is elite. His offensive line is elite. That defense is borderline elite. They've got a lot of talent. The Dolphins this year, 
they went out and got Tyreek Hill, and they already had Jalen Waddle, who they drafted in the first round. And both of them are fast as lightning, and together they are elite. And their offensive line is improved, and their running game is better than most people would give them credit for. And their defense was good all along. So surround these young guys that haven't really proven a whole lot with a bunch of talent, and you're going to get good results. The NFL is a copycat league. And when everybody sees that the Eagles and the Dolphins, to a certain degree, have taken this formula and that's what they're using to succeed, you better believe that going forward, other teams will do it with their young quarterbacks. You know, even the Jaguars, to a degree. I mean, that guy is supposed to be elite. He was the first overall pick. But you know what? He's played a whole lot better now. He's already thrown six touchdown passes in three games compared to 12 touchdown passes in 17 games last year. You surround them with better uh, talent. You remove, you know, a coach that was struggling. You put in a coach that knows what he's doing. Stuff changes. Got to tell you, I think the Jags are uh, – I. Hey, I think they're the best story. I think the Jags and the Dolphins are the two best stories in the league. I really do, Armando. I, I don't. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something, but I don't see the Jags getting as much love as they should because they looked damn good yesterday. Damn good. Yes, and they and they did it against a team that everybody, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people was picking to be one of the you know fair-haired teams in the NFL this year. The Los Angeles, don't call me San Diego Chargers. And now the Chargers are reeling a little bit, and the Jaguars, they, you know, they, they didn't just beat the Chargers. They beat up the Chargers. They beat down the Chargers. They beat the Chargers yeah. sideways. It was like uh, an ass whipping every which way but loose, you know? And it was a physical one at that. So I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to be anything, but they do play in a division that, suggests that they can compete against the Tennessee Titans, suggests that they can compete against the Indianapolis Colts. Even the Houston Texans, you know, they they try hard. They never get over the hump, but they try hard. They do. Appreciate you, man. It's got to be fun. See, people always think that there's more to talk about when a team loses. I say that's crap, maybe for a day. But when a team wins, it just makes it more fun for everybody. I don't care what anybody says. Thank you, Armando. I'm telling you, he gets to cover a team that's really fun, and he does it better than anybody in the country, Armando Salguero. Nice enough to join us. The NFLPA wants a review of Tua's return, and that's great. They can review it all they want, but the hay's in the barn, and guess what? The Dolphins got the win. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but it's literally that simple. You can review everything. Go take a look. Go see if he was all right. Go investigate the doctors. Man. Uh, All right. Who's the dope of the day? We got any dope of the day? Oh, This is an interesting one. I hate to get on this kid like me. I never planned on having kids. I'd much rather own a Porsche and have a Portuguese water dog in Golden Doodle. Long term, it's cheaper, better for the environment, and will never tell you that it hates you or ask you to pay for college. But that's just me. Yeah, that's it, right? 
That's all kids are good for. They, I've never had any of my kids tell me they hate me. I mean, my son and I go back and forth at it. In fact, we did this weekend over something. But, hey, I've never had my kids tell me that they hate me. You know, the modern way of thinking is idiotic. It is. I'm sorry. That, that go into a store and rob the store and go into, you know, places and whack people over the head on subways and we're all afraid to prosecute people that riot downtown and tear up downtowns. The world's nuts. The world is insane. That's why I bought a gun. That's yeah, true. It is. It's, it's why I absolutely bought a gun. And I feel bad because as David Hogue, obviously he was a survivor of the Stoneman Douglas High School thing. And uh, there's a lot of conspiracy there, a lot of stupid stuff. I think he's at Harvard, you know, that kind of thing. And good for him. But I've never had my kids tell me they hate me. In fact, my daughter and I have a great relationship. I mean, what, what is wrong? Why would I want a Labradoodle? Why would I want a dog? I got a dog. Are you going to get a dog and you can have kids? Hey, pro tip here. A dog is what kids like, particularly if you have a daughter. Actually, that's not true. My son and my stepson are like unbelievable with the dog. My daughter uh, is fake with the dog. My stepdaughter's back and forth with the dog. So get yourself a dog and a kid. Find the right woman. Either that or, ladies and gentlemen, you know what you grow up to be? Just sad and lonely. I got a lot of thoughts on this. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I got a ton. Look, as you get older, I was home the other day, all afternoon on Sunday, by myself, and everybody goes, oh, isn't it great? And I go, no. Not if you found the right woman. No, it ain't great. Uh, I, 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 I had to make up stuff to do. I walked around the house. I picked up sticks. I burned some stuff. Uh, I went to the store. I took a bunch of cardboard to recycling, all to get ready for football, watch church. It's crazy. No. No, 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 no. Who in the hell wants to be old and sad? I have thoughts on that with our LGBTQ community, but I'm certainly not going to say them because people are insane uh, when you speak real stuff. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, this week, I'm very excited. This week, we give away bikes. I just got the schedule here today. Now, there's a couple that I can't go to. We got a show to do. But I am so excited because this week we are going, well, into the city of Indianapolis and giving kids bikes. Now, I understand it's a little late for the summer, but I got to raise the money. Like, we just don't take a dump and bikes come out. I mean, you got to raise money for the helmets, the locks, and so many people have stood up. And we are trying to have a huge bike giveaway coming up here uh, for Christmas but we are having a monster one Wednesday, Thursday, thir uh, Thursday evening, Friday, Friday evening, Saturday. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. I love it. The faces on kids, the faces on the kids when they get a new bike is something like you will never see or experience. These are kids from impoverished. These are kids that don't have nothing. These are kids that appreciate everything. We don't give bikes to rich kids. We give bikes to kids that need bikes. Go to indianasportscorp.org. Cross the top. There's an Inspire Youth tab. Hit it. It says it right there. 
Dockage cycles for the city. I got to give 20 bucks today. I have a bet with my brother. If I don't lose weight or he doesn't lose weight, we got to give 20 bucks to my bikes program. We'd love for you to join that. I mean, it's a good way to raise money because, well, we weigh in on Monday and Monday's tough because there it is right there. Uh, Monday is tough because you got the weekend to eat. And now you weigh in on Monday. But that's very nice of you guys to do. We've given away like six or 700 bikes to this point, And we're so proud of this program. And the Indiana Sports Corp helps us. So we get to do it. You're going to hear too much about it this week. Greg Doyle at the Indianapolis Star, the columnist, gets mad because he thinks I'm a big self-promoter uh, with this bikes program. He says that I hide uh, behind uh, use kids as a shield. Greg Doyle's a dumbass. Uh, that is of no consequence, but it is amazing how people criticize a program like this. All it is, man, us, the sports corp, we try to raise as much money as we can, and when we got enough, we give away bikes. And I couldn't be more proud to be a part of it, and I couldn't be more proud to have started it with my beautiful wife, and I couldn't be more proud that we're going to do it this week. Couldn't be more proud. And you're going to hear a lot about it because I would like for you to donate. Like every little bit helps. I would like for you to donate. I would. It'd be awesome if you could. Whether that makes me a good guy, great. Bad guy, great. Makes us get kids bikes. That's our motto. Let's get kids bikes. Monster day today. Chad and Armando were absolutely fantastic. We're going to have a great, great week. Catch more at outkick.com. Look. Outkick is our place. It has become the place. Even me. Usually I go to ESPN. That's my first instinct, right? You go to ESPN. Now I go to Outkick. Now it's like I want to see what's happening there because you got the best writers, the most real thing, the best shows. Go to Outkick.com. Give it a try. It'll become your go-to website. It will. And give them a follow on Twitter. Give us all a follow. Outkick360. Uh, give me a follow at Dan Dockich, uh, out at Outkick. Telling you, you'll like it. You really, 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 really will. You know what I mean? So, anyway, I hope everybody has a great day. We had a monster, monster day. And uh, I am back in about an hour on 107.5 The Fan here in Indianapolis. You can catch us, 107.5thefan.com. The YouTube chat will be popping. It'll be huge. I don't have to swear, cuss, and yell about the Colts losing, so I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited to talk about a win. Usually, a host call it Victory Formation Monday. I just call it, I'm glad I don't have to be a jerk to everybody in town and rip them. That's what we do on Mondays, usually. But on this Monday, we're talking about a win. 1075thefan.com. You can find me. Anywhere. Hey, Siri, go to 107. Hey, Siri, go to 1075thefan. There it is. 1075thefan. I don't want to play it for you because, well, I'm talking here. But also, keep it here on OutKick. 360 will be coming up at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Tommy Lauren. You got, you got Clay, you got great writers, fantastic, fantastic site. All right, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Get outside, roll around in the grass, do whatever it is that makes you feel good. Follow Meg Turner, too. She'll say some stuff I don't even know. Like yesterday, she tapped out on me. I'm like, what was this? No idea. 
Some dude slid in her DMs. I don't even know what that means. Like, how do you slide in someone's DMs if you don't follow them and they don't follow you? I'm too fat. I'm too old to care. But when I, Meg fascinates me because she writes in a language that I don't understand. So follow her as well. All right. See you tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Bye-bye.